This is the Gartner Podcast for Supply Chain Leaders. Hello, my name is Thomas O'Connor, and welcome to another episode of the Gartner Supply Chain Podcast, where we sit down with some of the best thinkers, innovators, and leaders to share with you the most up-to-date strategic insights and tactical tips you need to drive supply chain success. Today, we'll be exploring what I believe is one of our most fascinating annual research projects here at Gartner, what the future of supply chain will look like. And joining me today for this discussion, we will identify a number of key reinventions going on in the industry, as well as dive into one of those reinventions a little more deeply with my great colleague, Jennifer Loveland, the lead author of the Future of Supply Chain 2023 report. Gartner clients, you can check it out on Gartner.com or via the link in the show notes. Jenny, it's great to have you joining us today. Hi, Thomas. Great to be here. Looking forward to the discussion. Awesome. All right. So, Jenny, if you don't mind, I'd like to kick things off by setting the table for our audience a little bit when it comes to this year's Future of Supply Chain report. Specifically, what are the four reinventions we've focused on and why do they matter? Well, I'll start with the why do they matter, because that's uh, kind of the most important thing. So, in a nutshell, this is where your peers plan to transform over the next three to five years. So you can either fall behind, keep up, or pull ahead. So what we did is we asked about a series of capabilities, and we are quite sure these are not the supply chains of today because the adoption is usually 15 to 30% on most of the capabilities. But the supply chains of the future are built on these capabilities. In five years and beyond, 80 to 90% plan to adopt most practices. So your peers are planning to transform on four areas, and they're really focused on a different group of stakeholders each. So the first reinvention is commercial innovation, and the goal is supporting growth. The second uh, reinvention we'll talk about is actually achieving sustainability outcomes to meet expectations um, rather than just talking about the goals. The third reinvention is using technology for real-time decision execution And we're trying here to meet the speed expectations of companies and customers. And the fourth and final reinvention is really about um, competing for scarce talent. So it's human-centric work design. So in our 2023 Board of Directors survey, these are the right areas to focus on. So these four reinventions enable the top six priorities for the board. And so last year, we identified these four reinventions in the Future of Supply Chain report based off the assumptions of what the supply chain leaders were looking on for the future. And this year, we wanted to help you make progress on your roadmaps to help you figure out where to prioritize. And so, Jenny, that begs the question, at least at a high level, where should supply chains be prioritizing? Well, to figure this out, we dug into one key insight. So we were surprised, we were excited, and we were a bit concerned all at the same time. So we found supply chains on two diverging paths. So in one group, 72% were seen as strategic partners, and in the other, only 45%. So before 2017, um, we've been asking um, this question of, what is your C-suite perception of the supply chain? And is it a cost center or are you seen as an equal strategic partner to other functions such as sales, marketing, or product development? So the numbers had been running in the top 40s and the high 40%. And when COVID hit, it spiked up to 56%. So unfortunately, that increase um, seems to be a blip. So the number of supply chains saying they are 
a strategic partner has reverted back to about 47%. But we found these two groups, the leaders and the laggards, if you will. So uh, the high performing group or the leaders were identified by looking at their performance over the last 12 months. And we looked at eight key outcomes in the categories of customer experience um, and ESG and employee engagement and financial results. And so we identified 71 high performers and a little over 600 lower performers. And comparing the current capabilities and the plans of those two groups gave us guidance on uh, where to tell you to prioritize. So we looked at places where you should excel. So to avoid competitive disadvantage, you must be doing these things quickly and definitely at the end of five years because everybody's doing them, both low and high. And then areas where you can accelerate. So where investment um, in the near term um, can help you create both a near term and potentially longer term competitive advantage. So it was really comparing these two groups um, that we uh, use to help prioritize um, our recommendations for your roadmaps over the next three to five years. Got it. All right. And and Jenny, I'd love to come back to the, the four reinventions themselves, and maybe we can actually narrow it down a little bit into just one of those reinventions. Um, I, I know we've we've been talking a fair bit here recently around what the role of the supply chain is. And, you know, you talked about this, um, you know, high performing supply chain, 72% of them seen as strategic partners. And that, that triggers me around the idea of, you know, commercial innovation. So, if you don't mind, I'd love to dig in a little bit more deeply into that that reinvention specifically, commercial innovation. What, what's it about? What, what can we go a bit deeper into that one to start to lay out for our, our listeners, because we don't have time to run through all four today, um, to lay out for our listeners a bit more about what commercial innovation, what we mean by that? Absolutely. So if you remember, fundamentally, this one is about growth. Um, and so strategic partners aren't cost centers. They're helping the entire um, outcomes of the business. So that's really growth. Um, and commercial innovation is not about new product introduction and capacity. It's about making the supply chain part of the reason customers choose your company. So you're looking at innovating in all of the interactions between supply chain and customers. So if you talk about customer experience, which is very related to commercial innovation, and you look at the last five years or so, um, people have been very focused on culture. Um, and kind of gathering information. So listening to customers across transactions and social media, putting that in the hands of, of employees, elevating metrics and customer satisfaction in that promoter score, and really focused on satisfaction. So what's shifting in commercial innovation um, is this um, move from focusing on improving operational excellence and reliability that's really about satisfaction and 23% of supply chains are focusing on what we call enabling customers to get their own jobs done. And so why does this matter? So satisfied customers are 30 to 40% more likely to repurchase. So you are helping make your revenue and your growth come in because happy customers are coming back. But enabled customers are twice as likely as satisfied customers to repurchase. So significantly more revenue and growth coming in if supply chains can help enable customers. And very few supply chains are doing this today. So it's a great opportunity for advantage. So the main focus that's different over the next three to five years in commercial innovation between high and low performers is low performers focusing on making interactions easier for customers and focusing on satisfaction 
and high performers focusing on this, enabling customers to get their own jobs done. And Jenny, this, um, what you're talking about here, it ties back to a recent podcast of ours, actually, with Susie Petruzic on why customer satisfaction is no longer enough. And we've talked a little bit about this idea of customer enablement before, but there was one comment that you made that I think is really valuable for us to dig into. And that's this idea of, you know, what do we mean by enabling customers to get their own jobs done? What's that really talking about? And, and where's the value in that for our supply chain leaders? Yeah, that, that was what was really exciting about this building on Susie's work. So, you know, the customer satisfaction um, is no longer enough, really said, you have to move forward and here's why. This report's telling you where to move forward. So at its simplest, um, if you know the job a customer is trying to get done, you can help them do it better and you lock in loyalty. So I always think about gift wrapping. So I always had this big pile of wrapping upstairs that I could never find. And when I was preparing for a party or a holiday, I had to go dig it up. And the night before I spent all of this time wrapping presents rather than sleeping. And the first time I saw that Amazon offered to wrap the present before delivering it, I was hooked. So not only could they be fast and reliable, they could get me the present I forgot to buy, but they could cut a task out I had to do while being busy to prepare for a party. So the same concept applies in any industry. So if you know customers are starting up a store or site, you know they need to have a bunch of things arrive together at the same time and maybe even more things than they normally buy from you. Medical device suppliers often talk to me about having um, all of the sizes of, say, a hip replacement on the shelf at a hospital um, ready to go where they're managing the inventory or even creating pre-sterilized packs that go into the surgery theater. And that's helping the jobs of the buyers, the administrators, and the doctors get their jobs done. So we can see different types of services that have the biggest opportunity now and in the future. So we asked the leaders where they thought innovation could have the biggest benefit. Um, and so this is where a lack of focus is going to potentially have you fall behind and accelerating focus can um, give you advantage. So the must-dos in the long run are really to hook customers today, but they're going to become tickets to entry in the future. And in three to five years, customers are not going to consider you unless you're great at these things. So a good example of this is fast delivery. So if you think over the past few years, it went from a novel idea to an expectation. Um, so the services that fall into this must-have category are generally around delivery. So how fast, um, precision windows, how frequently where you ship it to your packaging. Sustainability options like sustainable packaging and recycling and traceability, and then your simple um, to use order faces or even personalized interfaces. But the second category of service is the biggest potential and that's where you can create advantage. So people see room for innovation on these beyond three to five years. So these are things like a unified uh, commerce experience across you know, e-commerce and other channels, tailoring the end-to-end -end supply chain experience on um, order to order and personalizing products and launching custom products quickly and handling reverse logistics better. Really interesting. And, you know, as a former retailer, you're, you're talking my language there when, when we're thinking about those examples. So I love it. Um, but I still want to go a bit deeper in this one because I think there's a lot, lot in it. And one of the big challenges that oftentimes people struggle with when it comes to a concept like this 
is, is anyone doing it today? Or is there an example you might be able to call out? Because I think that really, you know, gives another lens to, to making this one, uh, I guess, ring true or, or make it a bit more relatable for our audience. Absolutely. So Schneider Electric um, really stands out here. So they measure um, advantage to competitors on net, net satisfaction on delivery, and they have an 18% advantage to competitors. So that's what we're really talking about here to be part of growth is um, people are choosing you because of your supply chain. So this is this 18% advantage is 3x what they had when they started a tailored supply chain journey in um, 20, 2012. So what they've got is a um, equal partners with commercial in each market. So they have what they call a power couple, which is a commercial logistics leader and a business leader that jointly own the customer experience and the business results. So the supply chain person is looking at that revenue number. Um, this is a more common type of arrangement, but what Schneider does really well is they do it at scale. So they have three levels of differentiated experience. So they've got the more common make to stock, configure to order, engineer to order we've all had for a long time. They have a less common um, type of segmentation, which is around buying behavior that changes order to order. So do you want to be collaborative? Is it all about cost? Um, is it all about flexibility, um, being agile or fully flexible, or is it project driven? Um, so customers are not dedicated to these segments in like an ABC prioritization. They are aligned based on what they want to do order to order. And then they have this comprehensive service menu on top. So they've got commoditized services like we talked about in delivery and order placement. And here they focus on cost and making sure they do it everywhere. And then they've got these emerging opportunities like unified commerce. But there's one that's really particularly interesting. So they're looking more at an as-a-service capability. So here they have an even greater advantage on um, net uh, satisfaction. So imagine that uh, a, you would create a custom factory for, for a customer. So when they design a custom product, they may also design unique manufacturing techniques and they'll actually commit to placing them in multiple locations globally. They also do things like retrofit and install new capabilities. So things that you already have, they'll make sure you can keep using them. So really kind of interesting services you don't see other people do. Wow. All right. That, that's really insightful, Jenny. I really appreciate it. And it's always good to hear about an example from you know, someone from the Gartner Supply Chain Top 25, you know, these leaders, what they're doing, how they're really pushing the envelope within our industry and, and where they're taking the, the future of supply chain towards. But I now want to try to bring us back, actually, towards the, the original, I guess, discussion. And, you know, at the start, we talked about four reinventions. Yes, we're focused primarily on one um, in terms of commercial innovation. But as we close out the discussion today, Jenny, would you be able to maybe call out one key piece of advice you could give our listeners as they look to explore not just commercial innovation, but all four reinventions discussed in this year's Future of Supply Chain Report? You know, the, the summary is we know these areas are important. You told us they were. And this data shows where most of us are lacking capabilities and where you need to push your thinking and move beyond your current discussions to create advantage. So. At a high level, there's a few things to consider. So in commercial, it's all around the service menu and driving growth. In the second reinvention related to achieving sustainability outcomes, circular economy is important to 90% of supply chains, but only 19% believe they have sufficient capabilities. 
So it's really about focusing in that area on the broader um, supply chain related to three greenhouse gas emissions and circular economy. In the third reinvention, reinventing for real-time decision execution, it's about closing the time between making a decision and executing the decision. 96% of you say you have to focus on this, yet only 7% can do it. So here you have to figure out what your definition of real-time execution is by function um, and make sure you figure out how to address legacy technology issues without overwhelming decision makers with all of the things you're going to ask them to look at. And the fourth and final reinvention is human-centric work design. So labor shortages are a top challenge for 60% of supply chains in achieving their goals. And the workforce is the top strategic priority for the board of directors um, this year. But 23% of um, low performers are not doing as well on their employee value proposition, actually attracting and retaining talent. So high performers um, are much more effective at their employee value proposition because they move beyond it being financially motivated and they look at the whole person and give the employee choice on what their experience should look like. So prioritize and sequence your roadmap, looking at these comparisons of high and low performers. Um, it's a guide for everybody. Um, it's just more urgent for low performers to catch up and look at where you need to excel so you don't fall behind. And in a macro level, this is commercial innovation and achieve sustainability outcomes and accelerate investment to create advantage in the near and long term. At the macro level, this is real-time decision execution and human-centric work design. Brilliant. Great summary there, Jenny. And you know, there's a lot that we covered and that, that's a really nice way to summarize the, the key actions that supply chain leaders should at least be thinking about. So really do appreciate you guiding us through the Future of Supply Chain 2023 Executive Report. Thank you. My pleasure, thanks. To our audience, a huge thank you for joining us for another episode of the Gartner Supply Chain Podcast. And as I mentioned earlier, if you'd like to find out more about this research, Gartner clients are welcome to engage Jenny and the Gartner Supply Chain expert community via our inquiry service. While I'd also strongly recommend reading the full report. To do so, you can use the link to the report in the show notes or simply go to Gartner.com and search for Supply Chain Executive Report, the Future of Supply Chain 2023. Finally, if you've enjoyed our show today, please be sure to go to Garten.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you've listened to our podcast and give us a five-star rating, as well as subscribe to make sure you're notified once our next podcast is released. My name's Thomas O'Connor, and I can't wait to be speaking with you all again soon on the Gartner Supply Chain Podcast. Thank you. Please subscribe and share the episode with your colleagues. Thank you for listening. Gartner Podcasts are a production of Gartner, the world's leading research and advisory company, equipping executives across the enterprise with indispensable insight, advice, and tools to achieve their mission-critical priorities. You can learn more at Gartner.com. All content in Gartner Podcasts is owned by Gartner and cannot be repurposed or reproduced without Gartner's consent. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of business and technology. This content should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of any enterprise's product or services. All content provided by other speakers is expressly the views of those speakers and their organizations. 